Welcome back to another exciting week in the Web3 universe. I'm your host, The Mayor, and you're listening to the best NFT media-nominated NFT and Chill podcast, the show that discusses interesting topics with artists, creators, and thought leaders from the Web3 space. On this week's episode, we have Max Brody from Inc., and we're going to be talking about his unique project and what they're working on, like utility-wise, but also the reason why the NFT market is in the state that it's in and how it can be turned around. So sit back and chill while we explore the exciting world of Web3 and NFTs together. Hey, welcome back to the show. And who I have this week is Max Brody from Inc. How you doing today, Max? Doing great. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm happy to have you. So um, you want to give the listeners an introduction real quick? For sure. So I'm a founder. I've been uh, starting things in this space for a long time. Uh, sort of stumbled into crypto in 2016. First co-founded a company called Scent, which was uh, one of the early Ethereum-based social networks. Focused a lot on monetizing content in all sorts of interesting ways. As the NFT market started to blow up around 2020, 2021, that company eventually created this idea of turning tweets into NFTs, sold a bunch of high profile tweets, a bunch of other things that made a lot of news in the NFT world. And then ultimately, that led to what I'm working on now, which is called Inc., which is essentially it's applying the, the idea of an autograph in a fully authentic sense to the digital world. In the physical world, if you get a famous person to sign a physical object, something that maybe didn't have value at the beginning, like a coffee cup, a famous person signs it immediately. It's a one-of-one rare object in a way that everybody understands. And that was really appealing to me. I've always felt like I have one foot in the deep crypto world and one foot sort of in the mainstream world. I sort of found through many, many conversations that the metaphor of an autograph was the most effective at uh, helping mainstream people understand non-fungibility, understand digital rarity. So that's what we do now. We basically, we partner with a lot of different cultural figures with big followings and they can allow their fan base to get things digitally signed. And uh, we're about to launch a uh, live signing where a fan can basically book a micro interaction with a celebrity's 30 seconds, one minute of time where they can video chat. And then uh, the celebrity sort of signs the phone as they're talking, as the celebrity's signing, the, the line appears live on the fan's phone. And it's a really cool experience. All the ink, so to speak, like the actual line that they draw gets saved on the blockchain. And so it's permanent. They're just very passionate about building things that are understandable to the mainstream. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. What would like a 30 second, one minute interaction, like how much would that cost like the average person? We're having a lot of discussions about that right now. In general, we feel like this concept of a micro interaction, which is something that we feel like we're like actively inventing right now is pretty interesting. You know, a lot of the world is sort of lowering its attention span. You know, it's already happening with video and, and audio and tweets and in the real world, if you were to like sort of see a famous person on the street, it'd usually be a pretty short interaction and be like, oh my God, I saw your movie. And there'd be like a quick little thing and you might ask them to sign something. That was what it was inspired by. It was trying to like mimic that experience. You talk for too long to a person who's famous. I don't know, it might annoy them. They might be busy. From their perspective, it might take away their sort of aura or just talking to them for hours. It might take that away. You might just see them, you know, more as like just another person. So we feel like a micro interaction preserves that sense of what they mean to you, but also lets you meet them and to say you met them. And the fan also gets to keep a recording of that interaction. Some thoughts are that it would be around like $50, maybe more, maybe less. We're doing a lot of testing right now to figure out what fans would pay. It's actually something I would ask you, basically something I'm asking everybody right now. One, like who would you want to meet if you could meet anyone for a minute and, and how much would you pay? 
pretty interesting question. You know, especially if you look at the, the NFTs and, and what the cost of, you know, the average NFT or just like your favorite NFT is. And it's definitely significantly lower right now. But in terms of like somebody I would want to meet, I don't know, most of the listeners and people who know me know how I feel about like influencers and celebrities. You know, they need us more than we need them, uh, in my opinion. You know, maybe like Vitalik Buterin would be uh, would be cool for content creators. Make content out of that as well. Like the average price, maybe 30 second to a minute meet, 30 bucks, 25, 50, something like that. Yeah, that's kind of what we've found. And a meet and greet is a very expensive thing. It can be for some stars, it can be thousands and thousands of dollars to just like quickly meet them backstage. And we think this democratizes that experience a bit. Say you're trying to be an artist, could potentially meet and show your art to someone who's, you know, already way more successful. And, and who knows what that could lead to an opportunity. We're excited to launch it, though. We've been getting quite a lot of interest from a lot of different people in, in doing it. So it, it definitely has attraction on the side of the stars. No, it definitely makes sense. You know, even somebody like a podcast host, you know, have them as like a clip on the show or whatever. But I mean, there is definitely or like your favorite band, like that would be pretty cool, too. And I'm uh, excited to see where that portion of it goes. As far as the NFT space as a whole, what are your thoughts right now? And why is the market the way it is? My opinion is that and I've really seen the market like from the very beginning up until now, like right when it was starting. And a lot of the NFT mania when it was going on had mostly to do with buying and flipping things. You know, people people seeing essentially NFTs as a way to make money. Now, it's a way to make money that uh, on a certain level does support art, which is great, all for supporting creators. That's really been my main thing for a, a very long time. I don't feel like utility was thought through that well. And even the fact that utility is, is even talked about in this separate sense, I often think is kind of an odd thing. Like in the rest of the world, if you buy something, pretty much always you're buying it for the utility, you're buying it, whatever the function it is that it's going to provide for you. And the fact that that kind of become this thing like, oh, and this project has utility. Oh, that's another reason to buy it. To me, that's sort of a, a signal that something's a little wrong. Utility to me should be really fundamental to whatever it is. You know, if you buy something at a store, you purchase it for the reason that you want to purchase it. You know, if it's a baseball card, if it is a painting or a poster or whatever, you're buying it for that reason. So, yeah, separating it is a little weird. <laughs> Totally. And I think for a lot of folks, they hear about people making money in the NFT markets. And so they got involved. And, you know, maybe that did lead to them being fascinated with the whole crypto philosophy and, and everything else that associated with this world, which is great. But I think that for a lot of folks, it was just a means to make a profit. And when that means sort of went away, I think the market plummeted because of that. And I think that now is actually, I think, a great time to build. We've continued to be able to grow and, and raise money and build and, and launch stuff because we don't rely on the NFT element as like the reason someone would use the product. It's just something that adds to the authenticity of the product. I do think for a lot of projects, that's kind of how they should think. It should be more about what's a core thing, like a core experience, like that needs rarity as part of its experience. Like for us, autographs need rarity as, as part of that experience. There's other contexts that I think need rarities, things like tickets, I think are a great use case, like where specific time and date and place and seat and it's already a non-fungible thing. And that's a perfect situation to, to have that be a token. But 
But then there's other situations where I don't know how obvious it is how NFT structures fit in yet. But that's just because I, I haven't been creative enough to, to figure it out. But like, for instance, like a there's like a song into an NFT. I think I love that idea. I, I also make music on the side and, and I love that concept, but I haven't yet seen like a really gripping product experience that really competes with something like Spotify or that really competes with, you know, the mainstream alternatives. And at the end of the day, I, I do think crypto projects, NFT projects are competing with the mainstream world. Like it's not like you're just competing amongst other crypto projects. You're competing with the things everybody uses, the things that non-crypto people use. I think that's always what they should be judging themselves against if they really want to make a big difference in the world versus just being a fascinating project within the space. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. You know, when I think about how Web3 and all of this goes mainstream is it needs to be practical and people want to use it because it benefits them or that it just makes something more efficient and possibly with the hope that people don't know they're in Web3 when they're using it. How would you go about solving this problem in the NFT space? You know, what are, I guess, some examples of, you know, how we can, the NFT space back where people are using it for the right reasons instead of just quick pump and dumps and, and profit? Well, I think we can turn to previous generations because I, I don't think what's going on right now is a totally unique societal phenomenon. Like in the 1970s, there was the personal computer revolution, you know, and at the beginning of that, there was a lot of enthusiasts and there was like a whole scene of that. And, and I, I sort of see that as kind of equivalent to a lot of the early crypto enthusiast world or people like trying different things. So check out this governance structure, check out this issuance thing, check out this thing. But ultimately, personal computers didn't go mainstream until someone came along and said, yeah, that's all great. All that complexity is, is really interesting. But like, let's just tell people they can like make a shopping list with it. Okay. People get that. And you could uh, do your homework on it. And you can use it instead of a typewriter. Sort of as if there's like a dumbing down or there's like a simplif simplification of it into just a basic experience to something that really just affects a normal person where they have no clue what the motherboard chip anything is. They just know that, oh, cool, it's easier to make my shopping list. And I think that that pattern is kind of what this space needs to have. There needs to be core experiences that are just fundamental, simple, universally understood, not esoteric, not complex. You don't have to be super smart to understand them because so many crypto people are very smart. Like I think it sort of selects for very intelligent people, which is, is kind of a bad thing in a way that throws projects off because then they don't get nearly as much traction as they would want because so many people just don't even understand the project. And, and I think that, that it's always this exercise in trying to make it as simple and universally understood as possible. And one exercise to do is to think about like a anything you could build that would add any value to your grandparent. In general, like someone who's, you know, classically not in this world, if you can make their life better in some way, then I think you've got a potentially really compelling project. And so I think you should always be thinking about that if you want to do a big mainstream large scale thing. I think if you just want to do like interesting research, that's great. And that's fine too. And that has its place. I ultimately think that's what companies are going to have to do if they really want to basically deal with the world where it's at right now. Interesting concept. I think the new year is definitely going to be hopefully different. More things are being built as we speak. More companies are coming into the space. And, you know, the holidays always are a, a strange time for crypto and the market. I mean, this time last year, Ethereum was over 4,000. To anyone out there who's thinking about building or thinking about doing something, this is a great time to start. If you can get something that is, gets built and, and receives any sort of traction in this environment, 
you know it's going to work in the bull market. And so I think that a lot of fluff is gone. A lot of projects that ultimately didn't rely on a, on a real value creation element, you know, that were just sort of all hyped up. And I think that what's left are, I think, more real, more durable things. And so if you want to do something that's more durable in the space, this is a great environment to sort of really get that data of like, okay, this even works when there's no bonus component of people just being into it because NFTs are hot right now. This should be a time for the real builders out there. I, th I think this is a, a great time to, to really think about creating something. Absolutely. Uh, when I was in Miami for Art Basel and DecentralCon, it was definitely the serious people were there and everybody has so many cool things. These projects and companies were, you know, showcasing these platforms and stuff for privacy and identity. There's a lot of new things that are going to be coming next year that are, you know, in beta right now and that are getting worked on as we speak. So that should be exciting. I mean, if you're in the space, if you believe in what's going on here, there's going to be some cool stuff coming around the bend. Max, this is what I usually do with everybody. I'm just going to ask you what you think is coming for the future of Web3 NFTs and you know how all this gets turned around. Web3 NFTs, so much, so much of the internet in general revolves around the creator. There's people that are generating stuff that makes the internet interesting uh, in some form. And I, I only see the creator's presence becoming bigger and bigger and more and more vital to the point where I think ultimately everyone becomes a creator. You know, whether you're creating a piece of digital art or a podcast or a company or, or whatever it might be. The ultimate future state of the world, I think, is basically creators and, and, and following of those creators. And, and, you know, some of the people in the followings are also creators. And I think that the future of this space, if it continues to empower creators in a way that fans understand, I, I, that's really the main point I want to just hammer home is that like the product has to be like a meme that, that is easily conversationally understood. Uh, that's what makes things grow, at least in, as far as I can tell in the world is when people can just sort of bring it up casually to another friend over a drink or, or, or whatever. And so the future of the space ultimately going to be that it sort of merges with the mainstream world. And that key product experiences, I think, are going to usher that in. And those product experiences inevitably, I think, are going to provide unique value. It's not just going to be a, a decentralized version of something that already exists. I think it's going to be something that takes the concept of rarity, takes the concept of decentralization in, in some way, and, and embeds it into a, an experience that couldn't have existed before. When that happens, I think I do think there'll be some sort of quote unquote killer app, or there'll be something that really catches on where, you know, a lot of people start doing it. And I think that if and when that happens, uh, slowly other projects will be able to like feed off of the momentum of, of that project. And so I think it really comes down to just trying as hard as we can to, to make that first real dent in the mainstream world, and then to have that pull uh, all these other projects um, into it, make something that affects the world and not just the current crypto community and, and really the the future crypto community which is you know everyone so yeah I, i'm very positive on it in general definitely i love that max this has been awesome and you know i want to thank you so much for coming on nft and chill it's been a pleasure so can you tell like the people where to find you and ink sure i'm on twitter instagram i guess linkedin uh, where you want to find me on the internet max brody m-a-x-b-r-o-d-y for ink it's ink.id it's our uh, website 
Yeah, we're about to launch Live Signing, which is really what we see as like our big flagship mainstream product in the latter half of January. Got anyone out there who's interested in just kind of pushing the the edges of how mainstream NFT stuff, crypto stuff can be? That's what we're really excited by. And so, you know, anyone out there that has a skill set, if you want to talk about collaborating in some form or you're a creator and you want to potentially start signing your content and selling it to your fans and or you want to meet your fans and micro interactions, please reach out. And uh, and yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was uh, this was really fun. Yeah, absolutely. This was a pleasure. Uh, and that's it for this week's show. I want to thank my guest, Max, for coming on. And if you're into what he's talking about with Inc., uh, definitely check them out. This is going to be the last show of the year. We will be back in January. The time right now is the holidays, and people are usually you know, off work with family celebrating the holidays. And I think that's the, this is the perfect time to take a break from the social media everything that's going on in what you're working with and regenerate your energy for building in this space. I want to thank, of course, my sponsor for making this episode possible, Zengo. If you haven't checked them out, now's the perfect time. And of course, and of course, it's been an incredible year for NFT and chill. I've seen all the statistics. We're going to hit 100,000 downloads and none of this is possible without all of you listening from all over the world. Thank you so much. Make sure you're subscribed so you can catch out season two in 2023. I'm the mayor, and you've been listening to the NFT and Chill podcast.